They say there's a big man who lives far away, supposedly jolly, but it's hard to say. I've never seen him, and neither have you, but the children believe whether or not it's true. He's known as a loner, with many a quirk, no time for chat. He's embroiled in his work. He keeps to himself for most of the year. I reckon we're grateful he doesn't appear. We send him requests for particular needs, but we never hear back. Who knows if he heeds? We try to be good, give his arm a twist to merit our place on his blessed little list. And maybe one day, if we do what we should, he'll give us our things so long as we're good. I've had it to hear. I'm calling his bluff. He's a weird moralistic dispenser of stuff. Granted, this rant is a strange one to pick. But listen, I'm not really after Saint Nick. As strange as he is, and friends, Santa is odd. I'm really addressing most folks' view of God. It's God who we see as a distant big guy, an ancient, invisible Saint Nick in the sky. He sees you asleep. He knows when you wake. He's watching and waiting to spot your mistake. And just like with Santa, requests we hand in. We want all his things, but we don't want him. That's our connection with Old Father Christmas. We might dress it up, but it's essentially business. Throughout the year, good behaviours are onus. When Christmas rolls round, we're expecting our bonus. Just leave us for gifts, Nick. We've been good enough. And then please push on. Now we've got all your stuff. I mean, Santa is interesting, curious, quirky, but no one wants him to share their turkey. I'm sure his ho-ho-hos are sublime, but I fear what he'll say when he's drunk our mulled wine. That's old Saint Nick, but the picture rings true. It's how we imagine what God is like, too. But Christmas resounds with a stunning not so. The one from on high was born down below. To a world in need, he did not send another. God the Son became God our brother. He drew alongside forever to dwell our God in the flesh, Emmanuel. This God in the manger uproots all our notions, a heavenly, stooping, divine demotion. Born in a stable, wriggling on straw, fully committed to life in the raw. Santa gives things, then goes away. Jesus shows up to befriend and to stay. Santa rewards those with good behaviour. Jesus comes near to the broken as saviour. If you don't like God, I think I know why. You probably think he's Saint Nick in the sky. You're right to reject that faraway stranger. This Christmas, look down to the God in the manger. This God in the manger uproots all our notions. Glenn Scrivener's brilliant poem helps bring that out for us. And as the poem says, I want to say that the story of Christmas and this verse which we're looking at today, which explains it so well, is remarkable and well worth us spending the next 10 minutes looking into a bit more deeply. Here it is. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16, the theologian Martin Luther said it's like the whole Bible in miniature. So this is great if, like me, you like short summaries of things. So I've got three reasons, just three things that helps you realise where I am and how much we've got to go. Three reasons why this Christmas story is far from ordinary and should never become familiar. Let's have a look. Firstly, Christmas should shock us because of God's radical love. Uh, I want you to think now, um, I may ask one of you, what's been the greatest present you've ever been given at Christmas? The greatest present you've ever been given at Christmas. Has anyone got one? I'd like to share. It's a risky question. Nath, what's been the greatest question you've ever been given at Christmas? Scale electrics. Strong. <laughs> Strong. You, you'll all have your own. You may have to think about it later, maybe chat about it later. What's been the greatest present you've got? Um, what about the greatest present you've ever given someone? Now, I'm not going to ask you for that one, but if you got that, maybe something especially thoughtful, maybe something especially lavish, maybe it's something you've got for three days' time. Uh, if you've got ideas, please tell me. We, we love to receive gifts, don't we? And we love possibly even more to give them. Uh, and we do that. Why do we do that? We do that out of love, don't we? And so far, you're probably listening, and that's pretty normal. That's not very surprising. But look down me. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God loves. And that itself, again, may not be a surprise. But what is a surprise is who he says he loves. You see, we, we get presents, don't we, for people we like or people we've been drawn to buy for in Secret Santa. Those are the two categories of people we buy for. That's it. But see it here. It says, God so loved the world. Is that a surprise to you? Because it is a bit for me. Do you find our world very lovable? Think of all the vitriol, all the debate around the election last week. Just last night, knife attacks in Sussex, two dead, three injured. Last week in Delhi, a 23-year-old woman was burnt alive on her way to court because she dared to testify about her rapists. Do we find that very lovable? This year is the 25th anniversary of the Rwanda genocides. Over 800,000 people were killed just because they were from a different tribe. Do we find that very lovable? This verse is amazing. It shows us that God did not just love some of the world. He didn't just love the good people in the world, but all of the world. It's incredible that God loves the world. It's easy to generalise, though, isn't it? To go, well, that was 25 years ago. Well, that's them. That's not me. But last century, the Times asked people to write in with a response to the question, what is wrong with the world? Author, uh, poet, G.K. Chesterton simply replied, Dear Sir, I am. Yours, G.K. Chesterton. And of course, he's right. The problem isn't just out there, it's in here. And I know this for me, as I'm sure you do for you. I can put on a relatively good show now. It's probably for you to decide. But if you could see what God sees, if you could see all the hidden corners of my heart, all the things I've done which hurt people, anything I've done which now can't be undone, you'd know that I wasn't that lovable. What about you? God loves the world, including you and me. And the fact that God loves me and you is extraordinary. It's a surprise. It is. It should be a shock for us. We get bland about it, but it should be a shock for us. And so the fact that God would then give us a gift 
is even more so. So Christmas should shock us because of God's love. Secondly, Christmas should never become familiar because it's about the greatest gift. And it's an odd gift, isn't it? Um, Royal Mail, uh, they've just revealed the top 10 gifts children have asked for in their Christmas letters to Santa this year. Turns out Royal Mail, this is true, uh, they've managed Santa's mailing list for the last 56 years. Uh, looked at thousands of letters sent to Father Christmas, which has got massive GDPR implications. Uh, but they've read the letters and they've seen what presents children would like this year before sending them on to the North Pole. Bizarre. Um, anyone want to guess what number one, the number one present kids ask for is? Bikes. Bikes number three. Bikes number three. Number one, anyone? Scale Close to a scale electrics. Uh, games consoles. Games consoles at one. Lego at two. Yeah, bikes at three, books at four. Who knows how accurate it is or whether people just dress up their list for Father Christmas. These are normal gifts. We all agree? Normal gifts. But the Bible says here God gave his son. As a new parent, I cannot fathom this. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. Friends, don't let this just be normal to you tonight. You've rocked up to a carol service and I expect... You've expected to hear about Jesus, I'm sure, but let the impact of this hit you afresh. The Christmas says that God, the one who the Bible says created all things, look back at that video, who rules over everything, the most powerful one, the one who has always been, who has always existed, came as a crying human baby, as a gift. This God in the manger uproots all our notions, a heavenly stooping divine demotion, born in a stable, wriggling on straw, fully committed to life in the raw. The coming of God as a baby is mind-blowing when we stop to think about it. Um, I used to keep fish. Well, my dad used to keep fish, and I used to help him occasionally. Uh, we accurate there. Um, managing a tropical fish aquarium is no simple task. Uh, we used to clean the water regularly, uh, scrub the different rocks, had to adjust the temperature of the water, uh, adjust pH levels. I don't know what they are, but we had to do that. Um, put vitamins in the tank, all sorts. And you'd have thought, with all this effort, the fish would be grateful. No. Uh, every time my shadow loomed, loomed probably wasn't the right metaphor, but every time I loomed above the tank, they would run to the nearest shell. They showed fear. That's all they showed. <laughs> to my fish, I was God. I was too big for them. My actions were incomprehensible. My acts of mercy, feeding them food, um, they saw as cruelty. My attempts at helping them were just destruction in their minds. So the only way to change what they think would mean I'd have to become like them. I would have to become a fish and speak to them in a language they can understand. A human being becoming a fish is nothing compared to God becoming a baby. It's not normal. Let this shock us and surprise us and thrill us and make us ask questions. Because according to each of the biographies of Jesus, we're in the one written by John today, this is what happened in Bethlehem a few thousand years ago. God himself came into his own story and took on flesh. And the main question is, why on earth would he do that? Why would he give his son? We've seen this out of love, but why? It's surprising. So we've seen that Christmas should shock us because of God's love. We've seen that it should never become familiar. And thirdly and finally, we see it shouldn't just be forgotten about in January. Its impact is forever. Uh, the RSPCA had a campaign I'm sure you all heard of a while ago. A dog is for life, not just for Christmas. The point of Christmas is for life and not just for Christmas. 
You notice in the verse there, whoever believes, whoever trusts, shall not perish, but have eternal life. The verse is written as if that's normal, right? Stuff perishing is the norm in our world, though, isn't it? Uh, food in the fridge. Uh, I was just in our office earlier. There's still some food in the fridge. That is going to perish over the next week. Uh, the climate crisis everywhere. That, that toy you got last year from Christmas, the batteries no longer work. Nothing lasts, including us. All of us have the terminal degenerative disease called life. You see, uh, the Bible authors didn't get the memo about not offending people. Uh, the Bible isn't worried about that when truth is on the line. The Bible says it is possible to perish, not just temporarily, but eternally. It says we will all die. And one day we'll come face to face with God on Judgment Day. And what should happen is we be found guilty and sent out of his presence forever. That's what should happen. And that's what would be just and would be right, as we only get what we deserve for rejecting the great giver. Why should he? let into us into heaven when we spend all our time ignoring him. You see, the Bible teaches that God created the world good. Everything in it good. I'm sure you recognise that. You see the good around us, don't you? So often. He was generous as he did it. He filled it with great gifts. But it then tells us how from the very beginning, mankind has rejected the one who has given us all the good gifts. How in many ways we act like spoiled children in God's world taking his gifts and ignoring him. And that's not just foolish, it's a personal insult. When we reject the gift, we reject the giver, don't we? And the God who is love is rightly angered by our loveless and unlovely ways, but he doesn't want us to perish. That's the good news here. We see here, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is why Jesus came. This is why he was given as a gift. Jesus came to save, to offer us an alternative. How did he do that? Well, the baby didn't just stay there at Christmas, did he? He grew up and he went to the cross. And he took on the punishment we deserve. He took on the sins of the whole world so that you and so that I can be forgiven. That was his gift. A gift given with the purpose of saving the world. A gift which lasts forever. One of the most asked questions in our world is what happens when we die? Maybe a key one you have today. Here we have an answer. One of the glorious truths of Christmas is that offer of life eternal in the perfect new creation with God himself living life as it was meant to be. Christmas is about a gift. It's about a gift of love that's not just for now, but we can't just forget about in January because its impact is forever. So as we finish, the question is, what are you going to do about this? Whenever a toddler gets a gift, they know exactly what to do with it, don't they? Uh, well, they may not do this in quite this order, but they, they should probably. They acknowledge the giver. Definitely don't do it in this order. They receive the gift. They say thank you, and then they enjoy it. They probably enjoy it first, and eventually, when reminded by their parents, acknowledge the giver. But go with me. They acknowledge the giver. They receive the gift. They say thank you, and then they enjoy it. Has focusing in on who God really is this Christmas changed your view at all about who he is and what he's like? As we acknowledge the giver. He's a God who loves and loves so much that he gave. There'll be many of you in this room today who I know well who've received this gift. Praise God. This Christmas time, will you remember and be blown away again by the wonder of God's greatest gift? 
Will it give you great joy? Will it give you great perspective and hope? Your lives may be tough. I'm sure they are. I know for many in this room they are. Broken families, sting of death, troubles at work, which you're thrilled to be away from for a bit. Lots going on. No one be encouraged and challenged by this. God so loved you. He loved you so much. He gave his son for you. Your biggest problem, your sin, your death has been dealt with if you've trusted in Jesus. And it won't mean, I know it won't mean that this life stops being tough. Maybe acutely so this Christmas for some of you. But it will mean that you can know that the God who loves you is with you in the midst of it. And he knows what it's like because God himself, as we've been reminded of, as we've sung about, came and lived on this earth. He's not a distant big guy in an ancient invisible Saint Nick in the sky. He's God in the manger who lived on this earth. To be encouraged by that today, if you trust in him today. Many others here tonight won't yet be trusting in Jesus. You, you maybe need to do some more thinking, more exploring. Millions of people stop believing in Santa, don't they, when they grow up? I'm really sorry if I've ruined Santa for you tonight, by the way. Um, he doesn't exist. Um, but billions start believing in Jesus when they grow up and examine the facts. We want to say he does. Jesus is so very different to Santa. He's not ordinary. He's the God who actually turned up and he can be investigated. So can I encourage you to investigate him if you've been challenged at all today? You'll see on your way out at the back, we've got some uh, free biographies of Jesus you can take with you. Um, I say they'll take you an hour to read. I may be chunking up or down, I don't know. Maybe an hour, roughly an hour. And we've got a short book as well. We'd love you to take them away and just explore and think more about who Jesus is. Chat to the friends who invited you today and come here to church. It's normally at four o'clock every Sunday. Right here, we explore together in the Bible, more about who God is and what he's like. And if that is you, if you don't need to trust in Jesus, be encouraged that he came to save the world, all of it, whoever would put their trust in him. Did you notice in our verse it said, God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. <coughs> no one is too good, no one is too bad. Think of who gathered around the stable at Christmas, the shepherds, the angels, the wise men, all sorts. Be encouraged that if you've ignored him for years, even if you've done things you might think are unforgivable, they're not. He came to save and he wants to. This gift is for everyone because it's not about doing anything to earn it. It's just about receiving it. So friends, will you receive the good gift? Thank him for it and enjoy it forever. This Christmas look down to the God in the manger. The God who loves so much, he gave the greatest gift of his son, a gift which lasts forever. Let's stand and let's sing to close. Joy to the world, a great song in response to what we've looked at in John 3.16.